just a little bit more. Uh, the days of Noah. See, Pastor, we're not living in the days of Noah. Well, I know that. You should know that too. But Jesus speaks, and he tells us, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be the coming of the Son of Man. Now, how many believe we're living in the last days? Well, let's flip over to Matthew 24, 35 through 39. And uh, let me preface the service, uh, the message, with the fact that we are here on Mission Sunday. If there's ever a day to bring people to Christ, it's got to be today. Noah's day was the beginning. Our day, it's the end. God was so aggravated, grieved is the word used in Genesis 6, that he started all over, sent judgment and started all over. And uh, we've watched God's progress of revelation throughout history. And Noah. We, we know the story. How many know it's not a fairy tale? I said, how many believe that judgment came on the entire earth? Of course, you don't have to believe it if you don't want to, but it is the Word of God. And it, uh, in the Assemblies of God, we believe all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. How many know the Old Testament and the New Testament are inspired of God? And what I love is, is what I'm going to try to do today is look at the Old Testament and the New Testament and tie them together on this issue of the Lord coming at the end of the age. He is coming, you know. How many believe the Lord's coming? Amen. A few of you do. Let's get right into it. I, uh, I'm so happy to be back uh, in the United States. I kissed the ground when I got home. I ate a big old fat hamburger. They said, what do you want on it? I said, what do you got? I'll take anything but rat. I ate rat. I ate crickets. I ate um, silkworm. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. But hey, you only live once. And I hope to only have to eat that once. But I did what I had to do. So I want to talk to you just a few minutes about keeping the mission of God going. We have to keep this going. So, Pastor, what would possess you to go all the way to Thailand? I mean, it's a great commission. Something compels us. We're compelled to go. Say, well, we're a church in America. Listen, if the church in America doesn't help, they will not hear. Romans says, how will they hear if we, if, if, if we don't preach to them? And how will we preach to them if we don't send preachers? So I'm thankful for what God is doing in P&G. Uh, over in, in uh, Vanuatu, all, all around the world, in Thailand, all the places that you help every month to give to missions like you did this morning. I'm sure you took care of it. We used to take two offerings, but uh, but I think you're in the habit by now. If not, you can still give online or whatever to missions. It helps us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen? So the Bible declares that uh, that he's coming, but we don't know exactly the time of the Lord's return. Uh, that's true. The Bible uh, doesn't share with us. Um, but it does, it does say that we're the last days. We can tell. Jesus prophesied uh, what the last days would look like. Wars and rumors of wars, right? Uh, pestilence, plagues, uh, sicknesses, viruses, whatever you want to call it. Catastrophes, calamities, earthquakes in diverse places. I mean, all of those things are happening. Let me ask one more time. Does anyone believe we're close to the last days, at least close? Okay. And, and so when we get to this, I want you to understand that as the day of the Lord approaches, we've got more work to do. God's not here yet, so we're not done yet, right? And so God wants all of mankind to be saved. And so... Because we, we have a, a, the end coming closer, we need to know what it looks like. And Jesus says right here in Matthew 24, 35 through 39, if you're there, shout amen. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. I'll, I'll put it up here so you can look at it. Maybe you didn't bring your Bible. 
But of the exact day and hour, nobody knows. Not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son of Man. Not even Jesus knows in his humanity. He knows in his divinity. I mean, oh, he's totally God and totally man. So he didn't lose, he didn't have, have amnesia. He knew, but he didn't know in his humanity. Choose not to know. But the Father alone knows. For the coming of the Son of Man, the Messiah, will be just like the days of Noah. Is that pretty clear? So the, the, when the Lord comes, it'll be looking like on planet Earth today what it looked like in Noah's day. I don't want to make it complicated and certainly don't want to come across judgmental. But judgment is the order of the day in Noah's day. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the very day when Noah entered the ark. That was what was going on. They did not know or understand until the flood came and swept them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be unexpected judgment. Is that pretty clear? Pretty clear. This is the way it's going to be. I'm not a doom and gloom. I'm insanely optimistic. I just look in the New Testament, and it's telling me in the New Testament what the end days are going to look like, comparing them to the Old Testament in Noah's day. Are you with me? Noah's day, Genesis 6. It doesn't give us much detail about the order of the day, but Jesus fills in the gap to help reveal how things were back then. So if we're going to understand the coming of the Lord and how close we are and the conditions of our culture today, we need to look back. Look back at Noah's day and just see what was going on. First thing we see in Noah's day in Genesis 6, in verse 5, is vain, vain imaginations. Oh, uh, God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thought of his heart was only on evil continually. We're not six chapters into the book of Genesis. And man's evil heart is on evil continually. He's thinking his imaginations are always on evil continually. I mean, Adam and Eve barely, you know, sin and fall when Cain kills his brother. How many know violence and murder were very, very much the order of the day immediately? It describes Noah day. So we, we want to look for the same signs. And uh, the Hebrew word. The word intent or inclination or imagination in the King James. The Hebrew word means to mold or fashion. There was in Noah's day a purposeful molding of man's thoughts on evil. All they could think about, all they did was think evil and work evil. I mean, oh, if you think evil, pretty soon you're going to do evil. Right? And so, just like us today, I mean, oh, secularism. Humanism, Marxism is constantly trying to shape and mold our children. I wish I had an amen here. We're living in a day where people are trying to shape and fashion and mold the next generation into believing something none of us ever could have imagined what they're choosing to believe today. Changing the truth of God, like Romans says in chapter 1, into a lie. And beginning to worship the creature instead of the creator. So it is the same. That's why advertising in the world pays millions of dollars for a 30-second commercial. How I many know oh, this culture is mesmerized by vain imagination? Mesmerized. They don't care what the cost is. They have an agenda. They have a message. Is anybody hearing me? And we as people of God, the church of God, Godly parents can't sit idly by and just wink at it or think like it's not going to happen. Don't act like you don't know. The Word of God's very clear. As it was in Noah's day, so it is today. I was teaching at the district yesterday in the School of Ministry on the Old Testament. I got to Noah's covenant, mentioned what I was preaching today. Told her, uh, and the young lady raised her hand. She said, Pastor, it's kind of dark right now. Do you mean it's going to get darker than this? Say, go home and read your Bible. Check out 2 Timothy 3, after verse 1. In the last days, perilous times will come. Hey, hey, folks, it's no fun to come home and preach a message like that. But if you'll be patient with me, 
We're going to get to the end. How many know there's some good news at the end of this message? Somebody could come out of vain imaginations and get their heart right with God today. You don't have to be molded and fashioned. In fact, Colossians 2.8 says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and vain deceptive philosophies that depend on human tradition and the elementary spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. I mean, oh, it is possible to train your children up in the way they should go. It is possible to hold, hold a high standard in the church in the last days. Noah did it. Enoch did it. There was never a more wicked day than Enoch's day. I'm telling you right now, this is how it was back then. And yet he got, was so, walked so close to God, he got translated. Can I ask you, listen, we could be walking along in this very dark world and be translated just like Enoch. How many like to go in the first bunch in the rapture? I said, how many in the rapture bunch are here? You could be just going along your way. You could be at Starbucks in the line. There's always a line. You could be at Chick-fil-A in the line. There's always a line. And whoop, there you go without your chicken nuggets. You're out of here. This is the deal. As it was in Noah's day, so it is today. And now, and listen, there's some new age beliefs that are going on, prevalent in our day, and it is even entered into some of our churches. Mm, Preachers are filled with fear for being called bigots. You can't preach the truth. You can't. You sure? There are some preachers, big name, that are saying the Old Testament is irrelevant for us today. How many know the devil is a liar? The whole Bible is relevant for us today. We look at the Old Testament, and we look in the New and say, you know, the Old Testament was concealed, but the New Testament reveals the Old Testament. Many quotes from the prophets and the Psalms. Some 35 quotes from the book of Psalms are in the New Testament. So it's not irrelevant. It's the truth of God's Word. Amen? But yet today, whole denominations have strayed from uh, a sound biblical teaching. How's that happen, Pastor? Because the world tries to mold and fashion our thinking to be dis- desensitized or become friendly with sin. And I tell you, you don't want to get friendly with sin. You don't want to change your definition of sin. You don't want to change your definition of sin. Is anybody hearing me? Sin is sin. I said sin is still sin. And sin still separates people from God. It's not something fashionable. It's not something popular. It's bad, bad news. And so that's why we need revival. Can somebody say amen? We need revival in our homes, in our churches, in our nation, in our world. Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, they're pushing their agenda, moving forward in these vain philosophies. All of them are performance-driven. Hinduism needs five steps. Buddhism needs eight steps. I mean, in the kingdom of God and Jesus Christ, you only need one step. If you come to Jesus, how many know you have eternal life? Very simple, not complicated. You don't work your way up the ladder. How many know it's Jesus who did it all? All we do is receive it by faith. It's not that hard, my friends. But they're trying to do it. And it's all about money. It's all about crowds and money. But the Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds that you may be proving what the will of God is. I was in Bangkok this week, past week, and the word is, Jake said, that that the Mormons are building their their headquarters in Bangkok. Why? Because the Buddhists, the next generation of Buddhists, are not really impressed with Buddhism. One lady told me, my karma's bad every day. I can never get good karma. No matter what I do, I can't ever please Buddha or, or, or get enlightenment. And enlightenment is not even, it's not even heaven. It's just nirvana. It's just, it's, it's just going into uh, non-existence. So I'm going into non-existence. It's not even another existence anywhere else. I'm just, boom, I'm out of here. I'm out of the world. And there's a lot of people believing a lot of different things. And when I was in India, the cars would go around the cows. 
The cows are laying in the street and they're starving to death. They go around the cow because God lives in the cow. Vain imaginations. Tell you what this cowboy would do. Hey, hey, steak, steak for Pastor Ron. I'm not in bondage. I'm free, fat and free. Not fat free. I'm just saying. You got to excuse a little bit of the jet lag. It might come out. Renewing your mind. But the Lord saw the wickedness. Look at this. The Lord saw the wickedness and the intent of their heart. Verse 5 says, and he was grieved. What is it like to grieve the Lord? What is it like to be so wicked in a culture that you grieve the heart of God? That that, that he's not even pleased at the outcome of his own people created a family, a, a divine order, to serve him and to worship him and to give him glory. Aren't you glad God didn't have a plan B? Aren't you glad God knew from the foundation of the earth that man would maybe stumble and fall, but he had a plan? How many glad Jesus didn't just show up in the nativity? Let us make man in our image. He was here all the way in the beginning. Amen? Because God had a plan. Somebody ought to shout amen to that. But I believe God's heart has grieved the activity going on in our world today. There are two issues in our day. Ignorance is one, and indifference is the other. Indifference. I mean, oh, indifference has crept into the church. And I don't care. I don't care if I go to church. I don't care if I don't. I don't care if the Lord's coming. I don't care. I mean, they've been talking about that for years. Oh, Noah, listen, listen to the parallel. Oh, Noah, it's never rained. It's never going to rain. You just keep on building. You're so silly. Why would you build, build a boat? And why would you preach to us about it's never rained? I'll tell you why Noah did it, because God told him to do it. How I many know it pays to obey what thus saith the Lord? But they didn't believe. They didn't believe. Their hearts were evil. And Matthew 24 says they were eating and drinking and um, marrying and giving in marriage. Speaks of indifference. They didn't care. It's like that today. People cohabitate. They don't really care. I mean, no, there, there is a law of God. We have the word of God. I mean, no, we still believe in the Ten Commandments. You can't just do whatever you want, even if it's legal. Legalize whatever you want. Doesn't make it legal in the Word of God. So here we are with indifference. And it says, They knew not, speaks of ignorance, vain philosophy, so ignorant. Many don't know. And some of the reason is because they've never heard. So before you get in judgmental, I want you to know there's some people out there who've never heard. In America, they've heard. They got more podcasts, more gospel, more Bibles, more Christian bookstores more music than you can possibly, if they haven't heard in America, they had their head in the sand. And America's heard so many times, but there's places around the world never heard once. And there are people in church week after week who know what I'm saying is true, but they will have vain imaginations and talk themselves and reason themselves right out of the truth of God. Well, pastor, keep preaching it, brother. Okay, I will. Vain imaginations. It was a great apostasy. New age philosophies of our day. Strange doctrines. They deny the Bible altogether. Deny the inerrancy of the Bible. They don't believe the Bible is inerrant. Unadulterated, pure word of truth. They deny They they deny and mock the atoning blood of Jesus. They don't recognize the Lordship of Christ that he's 100% divine. So they make him so human that he ceases to be divine. They make him so divine he ceases to be human. And so it was in Noah's day, from Adam to Abel to Enoch, the word of God receded rapidly in Noah's day in just six chapters. Wicked, wicked, wicked. What happened? Adam understood the blood covenant as God made him coats of skin. To cover him from his fall. Can I tell you, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's the facts. But how can I tell you, there's God created a sacrifice. 
He gave his only son that we might have eternal life. That's the gospel. That's the truth. But if you deny the sacrifice of Christ, then you have no covering for your sin. In our day, secularism seems to be taking over in the arts, in the sciences, in the philosophy, in education, in the music. Our kids are learning stuff. I can't even, I can't even believe it. I can't even wrap my mind around stuff that they're, they're coming up with. And we need to take courage and we need to stand strong in these last days and stand up for truth and right. Hold on to your convictions. Let the standards stay high. Standards of God's word. Not your own opinion. Not your own thoughts. Not your own theories or philosophies. God's word. Don't let this world just kind of sway you with empty words and vain promises. Let's keep going because I didn't get much of a help in that one. The second thing they had was uh, they also had, um, I'm not being able to move, sister. Help me move. Number two. Not working? Not working. It's okay. I'll give it to you anyway. Uh, Knowledge and progress and achievement. These were not idiots. These were not ignorant cavemen. Okay? These weren't like, Noah wasn't like, woo, woo, woo. I mean, no, he built an ocean liner. God gave him specifications. How did he build it? He had tools. He had tools. He had people helping him. They had intellect. They were smart. They had ingenuity. How many has been to the Ark Encounter over in Kentucky? Anybody? Unbelievable. Three stories is kind of like a, it's kind of like uh, what it would be in Noah's day, the ark. And, and so many questions I had walking through that ark encounter. One, one, well, like, <laughs> how did they get rid of the stench? How many know if you get two of every kind of animal in there, how many know it's going to be a place you don't want to be? But somehow, God gave wisdom to Noah to have ingenuity to construct an ocean liner that used the water to vaporize and get rid of some of the smell and somehow got rid of the salt and uh, and made it fresh water for them to drink. He got, God had to give Noah all of that. He had to study. He was no dummy. So these people were very, very progressive, very smart. And, uh, and Genesis 6-4 says they were men of renown, mighty men. Men with great intellect, great cities, great tools, technology, advancement. It's like, it's like, uh, they, it's like the day that we live in. I mean, oh, in America today, we have quite the advancement. Incredible advancements in our world today, would you say? I mean, the ark had to be built strong enough to withstand the greatest storm in world history. What kind of a, it's greater than the Titanic went, went down, but the ark didn't. So how about our day? Our grandparents lived in a horse and buggy. My grandparents had a horse and buggy in the barn. My grandparents. Okay? This is 1970s. They had a horse and buggy in the barn. You know, it used to take six months by horse and buggy to go from St. Louis to California. Today, it takes four hours in an airplane. By train, it took six weeks. I was born when there was no Internet. I know I know some of you are in shock right now. There was no Internet. I mean, if you want to drive a millennial crazy, take away their Internet access. You drive them up the wall. They won't even know. I can't even get online. I can't get online. Some of those on the trip with us, you know, young people. Hey, I can't get online. I can't get online. I said, you're 38,000 feet in the air. How are you going to get online? You're, you're, well, I paid money and I can get online. Okay, you are addicted. Anyway, you can't go 13 hours. So, so we're living in a day. Uh, man has split the atom, walked on the moon, genetic engineering, virtual reality, space travel, cars that drive themselves, yet we cannot count a ballot at election time. It 
So our day is quite advanced in knowledge. Jesus said it would be. But don't think Noah and the people were cavemen. Brilliant. But their minds were molded on evil continually. Number three was marked by social plagues, social plagues, violence, and vengeance. Does that look like America? Does that look like America? What did we hear just a week or so ago? A little five-year-old shot his teacher. I didn't get all the details. But I don't have a whole lot to to assess. A five-year-old had a gun and shot his teacher. That's pretty crazy. I don't know if I can blame the five-year-old as much as the mom and daddy. Somebody. Something went wrong somewhere. Our day is a crazy day. But vengeance and and violence was the order of the day. And uh, violence in our world is without law, rebellious, lawlessness, kidnapping, needless murders, assaults. People are filled with anger, rage, revenge. Just like Cain was when he killed his brother. Crime in America since 1960 has increased like nobody's business. Women are abused. Children are abused. Prisons are are overcrowded. It's a common thing. School violence is up. We have a generation with refined intellects and undisciplined emotions. Smart as a whip. But they can't. They they, they feel like they got to have whatever they got to have. They can't control themselves plague of divorce and multiple marriages was the order of the day in Noah's day, according to 6.1. Married and given in marriage means multiple wives, polygamy. How about us today? Duh! How many know the family's in trouble today? The family's in trouble today. And so I, I want to stop right here to say children are left without parental guidance. So before you get too hard on the next gen, we better realize that somebody created a, 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 an environment conducive for the, the situation as it is. Somebody dropped the ball somewhere. I remember being in Bible school, and the professor said it was a family and uh, it was a family class, marriage and family class. Wayne Austin was my professor, and we were talking about the breakdown, the moral breakdown of the home, 1985, six, seven. How much more is the family broken now? Some of the things that were starting then have just kind of gone. I know it's doom and gloom. It sounds bad. But you don't have to listen. You can turn off your hearing aids. Abortion is the order of the day. No value for life. Vengeance, violence, hatred, corrupt world as in our day. Now, the Assemblies of God is working hard to tackle the issues of our day. Our pastors really don't know how to handle this. I don't know if you know how to handle it. Our teachers don't know how to handle it. Our counselors don't know how to handle it. We don't really know what to do. We've never been here before. But how many know we are here? And we have to do something about it. We can't ignore it. We can't deny it. We can't brush it under the rug. How many know they need Jesus? They need Jesus, and we are the church, and we are given a mandate to go and tell them about Jesus. Somehow we have to break the strongholds and break the divide and find a commonality, make a relationship. You never judge the person. It's the sin that's causing the issue. In Noah's day, God allowed Noah to preach. How long, Pastor, did he preach? 120 years. Hey, flood's coming. Judgment's coming. Hey, get in the ark of safety. God prepared this ark for you and your family. Come on in. Come on in from the fields of sin. Come on, bring your family. Bring your uncles and your aunts and your cousins. How many know we need to be saying the same thing now? And so, maybe there's a commercial coming out soon that will, it might shock you at first, but I think we need to know how to speak to people who are steeped in perversion. That's the next one. Steeped in perversion. Uh, and, and so, we're living in a world that's so totally confused. 
because we used to have single families, single parent homes. Now they've got homes with no parents, no parents, no guidance at all. And you know what happens when you have children without guidance? Anything can happen. No supervision. Then you have the Internet, which means you can do whatever you want. Can I just caution you parents? If you have children that are young and that have access to the Internet, that you watch what they do. Come on. Well, I don't want to lord over them. Well, if you don't, somebody else will. Many kids were abused and fall into the trap of confusion. But many just had no parents, no maternal or paternal guidance, no model to experience. And so they start um, experimenting. And then they find themselves trapped in a lifestyle they don't want to be in. They don't know how to get out. How I many know we need to reach them with the love of God? I said, oh, girl, we need to reach them with the love of God. I said, church, we need to reach them with the love of God. They don't look like us. They don't act like us. Well, thank God for some of you. But uh, you and I were lost, too. I said, such were we sinners. And somebody rescued us. Never allow our church to have an, an excuse and uh, create a mindset that doesn't reach out. All of us, at one time or another, were out of grace. But God's grace is able to save from the uttermost to the guttermost. Can you say amen for that? And so that's where we are. It's a day of sexual per- perversion, sick imaginations, um, well, promiscuity. It just means that it, listen, listen to what perversion means. It's an alteration of something from its original course, meaning or state, to a distortion or corruption of what was first intended. That, that's, that's what perversion is. That's why, that's why Romans talks about it, says we exchange the truth of God for a lie. So the truth of God was the original intent. So they exchange that and, and, live, and live with the lie. And so it's very, it's very hard to watch, but it's happening in front of us. Genesis 6 doesn't mention what evil was, but Jesus kind of links Genesis 6 with Luke 17, 26 through 30, speaking of the days of Noah, and adds the days of Lot. Let's look at it. And as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the last days the Son of Man comes. They ate, drank, they married wives, plural, by the way, wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also in the days of Lot. So Lot's days, although the flood had already come, started all over, Lot's days started to look again like the days of Noah. Doesn't take long for sin to infiltrate the world. Jesus says that last day was just like Noah's. The same sexual revolution and perversion exists today. Lot lived in Sodom, from which we get the word sodomy or sexual perversion. Was Lot preaching? Did God call him there to preach? Was anybody preaching? Was there a Bible in Sodom? If we're going to have the compassion of our God, how I many know oh God? wanted to reach Sodom and Gomorrah. I know he did because Abraham prayed. Y'all not hearing me. Father Abraham prayed, Lord, if there be 50 righteous, would you save the city? 40, 30, 20, 10. The heart of God is that none perish, but that all come to repentance. Well, how many got saved in Noah's day? Eight. How many got saved in Lot's day? Not many more. Wife turned around because she was curious. Can I tell you, your curiosity would totally kill your cat. So we got to take this very seriously. Our culture is filled with it. Consequences of these sins, I want you to know, the innocent are often suffering along with the guilty. Namely, our children. I tell you, I think about my grandkids growing up in a culture like this, going to school, not knowing where they're going to make it. They got locked down with violence, crime, or they got confusion. Their peers don't even know if they're a cat or a dog or a human or a boy or a girl. They don't know anything. They don't know nothing. They're just vain imagination, whatever they want to do. Every man does what's right in their own eyes. 
There's no law. There's no rule for faith and conduct. But how many know there really is? There still is. So God will take care of it. How many believe God's going to take care of it? And when God brings judgment, it's not generic. It's very specific. And those who deserve it will get it. And may God spare the next generation from the snares of evil. Romans 1 speaks of reprobate mind, which is a mind that cannot think straight. It cannot even think straight. The carnal mind cannot even comprehend the things of God. So, Pastor, you know, we're going to start an evangelism class. We're going to start really trying to get engaged because we got to know who we're dealing with. we got to really start engaging with the lost. You can't just push them out, say they're not valuable. I mean, oh, Jesus died for every one of them. It's Mission Sunday. I'm here to remind you the problem is not their identity or their tendencies. It's a sin issue, and they must be born again. I said they must be born again. We have to go. We have to tell them perversion is not fashionable as the entertainment industry has made it appear. It's devastating. Sodom was selfish and arrogantly proud. The sin people were uh, uh, ashamed of is now paraded in the streets. The flag that Noah, you know, the, the covenant uh, that Noah had is a flag that's paraded in the streets. The Bible says Sodom had no... They had fullness of bread. They had all they needed. And so they thought, I mean, oh, they didn't have all they needed because they didn't have God. And it also says about Sodom, they had an abundance of idleness. They had a short work week, too much time on their hands. I mean, oh, the idle mind is a devil's workshop. I wonder what are we doing? But at the height of their prosperity came the rain and fire of brimstone that fell on them. You know what? You might have a lot of money, but it ain't going to mean anything in the last days. I mean, oh, your money ain't going to get you out of this. You might have degrees behind your name, but how many know that's not going to help you either in the last days? How many know we need the power of God? We need a visitation from the Lord. We need revival. We need the Lord. We need the Lord. The Spirit of God has rocked us to sleep. We think it's okay, but the last days, money can't buy you nothing. We need a revival of fire before we see a judgment of fire. But praise God, Noah's day had something else. It was a day of preaching. How many glad there was a preacher in Noah's day? You don't have to be glad. I'm glad. How many glad there was a preacher in Noah's day? And he wasn't a popular preacher. Why, for that, for that, you know, neither was Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a weeping prophet. Jeremiah was a weeping prophet. He had nobody flooding his altars. His church wasn't mega. Praise God for mega churches, but I want you to know, in the last days, the mega is going to be seeming miniature because the gray area is all going to be disappearing. You're either in Christ or you're out of Christ. You're either in God or you're with the world. Not going to be any, I'm in, I'm out, I'm this Christian, I'm that Christian, I'm a drinking Christian, I'm a smoking Christian. No. You'll find out what you are when Jesus gets ready to come back. You'll find out. He separates the sheep and the goats. Hello. So, Sodom. Hmm. They had everything they thought they needed. But then there was a day of preaching. They had a preacher. God never sends judgment without a warning being sent out. Sound the alarm in my holy mountain. Tell them about me. Go, tell it on the mountain. Go over the hills. Go everywhere. Buddhism is not as great as Christianity. Let them believe lies. Let them believe Hinduism. Let them believe in New Age and all these other things. How I many know oh, Jesus can break every barrier with the truth of the Word of God? All these vain imaginations, all these lies, all these cultic activities. How I many know oh, they're no match for the real Jesus? Tell you what's happening in the Arab world. The live dead folks are going over there and they're telling us testimonies that they're seeing visions of Jesus himself. You know why? Because when it gets really, really dark, he shows up. He'll show up. You don't need me. I mean, oh, Jesus could do all this without his church, but he chooses to use us. Romans 10. How are they here without a preacher? 
And how will they preach if we don't send them? Excited for the young men grabbing a hold of the call of God, going and get their credentials, going out and preaching, right? We need to keep sending missionaries, keep sending preachers. Why preaching? Because if you don't preach, I mean, oh, it's, it's not the custom of the day. It's the content of the word. And there are preachers today that are cowering back, shrinking back, because they want big churches and lots of money. Can I tell you? There's going to be an answer one day for the shepherds that didn't tell the truth. They're going to give an account to God. All of us, actually, the Bible says. So Noah built the ark and preached at the same time. When you read 2 Peter 2.5, you see Noah as a preacher of truth, of God, in the foreground, and the sound of the hammer in the background. Preach. Get on the ark. It's going to rain. It's going to flood. The, de- the, the, the destruction of the world is coming. He's preaching and he's pounding 120 years. Get in the ark. Get in the ark. Another nail goes in. Get in the ark. Early morning, late night, get in the ark. Get in the ark. Get in the ark. One thing Noah could do. All he could do was preach, but what he could not do was shut the door. And I got to tell you, Old Grove, as long as it is day, we need to keep on preaching. There is hope I said, God can save while it is day, but there's coming a day when God's going to shut the door. And no man's going to be able to come in. That ought to motivate every one of us for the mission of God. We ought to get involved some way. We ought to pray. We ought to read. We ought to preach. We ought to disciple. Jude says, Enoch preached as well. Although they preached truth, it didn't penetrate the wicked hearts. They kept on eating and drinking and sinning as they had no need at all. And today, there's a generation. Who needs a warning? And this is it. We have preachers who stayed faithful throughout the years. You remember the days where they throw tomatoes at the old time preacher? Remember those days? Guess what? Coming back around. I'm not interested in having tomatoes and eggs thrown at me. So would you all stand in front of the pulpit next week? Just bring a shield. I don't think anybody's going to be throwing eggs these days. Cost too much. I sense a day returning when the preacher will stand boldly and preach the word of God. Preach the word. Nobody cares about your opinions. Preach the word. Even if it's not popular, preach the word. It left Paul dead on several occasions. He still preached the word. And he told Timothy, Go and preach the word. There's nobody going to be changed by anything else except the preaching of the word. And I love compassion ministries, and I love humanitarian help. But you can go overseas to Fiji and give them water, but how many know they need the living water? They need to hear about Jesus. This water is not going to save them. You can drop a bag of rice in Haiti. It's not going to save their soul. Is anybody hearing me? We need to send preachers. We need to get preachers to go. So, well, Pastor, what about here? You need to open your mouth and declare the love of God to your neighbor, to your co-worker, to that confused student next to you at work or at school. It gets wearisome. But I tell you, God wants us to boldly preach. And then my last thought, what was the days of Noah? was the days of sudden panic. After he preached 120 years, the Lord shut the door. And the rain started falling. The crack of lightning and thunder, the roll of thunder started happening. Rain. God unleashed the waters from the earth up and the sky down. It started flooding so fast that the people who had mocked for 120 years now are in a state of panic. Can I tell you what? when we might have revival? One second after the rapture, the church will be full. One second after the rapture, all the assembly God people who are playing around today, acting as though this is not truth. I mean, one second after he comes, they'll be in the house of the Lord. They'll have to live through a different day. Tribulation, heartache, pain. How many know it's better to go in the first load? Amen. It's going to be a cataclysmic flood. And they ran in. Panic. Evidently, 
They didn't make it. I love Genesis 7-1. God brought Noah and his family into the ark, shut the door. I mean, oh, Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Noah found grace in the eyes of God. And it grieves me to talk about such a topic. But does anybody believe we're living in the last days? Does anybody want to know what the last days look like? Jesus said they, today it looks like that. And I don't even think we're here yet, just all the way. But God shut the door, and he shut the others out. So before you go on saying that we have an incompassionate God or God that doesn't love people, I want you to understand God gave them 120 years of warning. Noah's grandfather's name was Methuselah. Methuselah's name means when he dies, it will come, talking about the judgment. And Methuselah, are you hearing me? He's the longest living man on the planet. Can somebody help me praise God for the grace of Almighty God? 969 years that man lived. You know why? Because every day God was hoping those people would get in the ark. Get in the ark. Listen to the preacher. Get in the ark. Quit resisting. Quit rebelling. Quit running. Get in the ark of safety. I mean, no, the ark of safety today is Jesus. And we need more people who will stand up and preach and tell and be kind in your delivery. Go and find a way to bridge the gap. Make a relationship. I know they don't look like you. They don't act like you. But we can't stay in our little comfortable settings and expect them to get saved. God brought Noah in, shut the door, and the water started rising. The heavens and the earth opened up. And those who were mocking and laughing were stricken with panic. Knocking on the door, scratching and clawing on the door. Noah! Noah, please! Noah, I deserve it, but here's my grandbaby. Noah, just slipped it, just a crack in the door, let my grandbaby get in. We understand grandbabies, little ones, all gone, right? Aren't you glad God has got grace on the little ones? I am. Unfortunately, he didn't take me before I had the age of accountability. Then I had to get saved. In fact, he didn't get me till I was 18. So if you think I'm emotionally charged, you better believe I am. I barely got in. I've only been serving the Lord 40 years. And I'm just getting started. So bear with me. We need to get people into the ark of safety. Chrissy, you might come and your team. Jesus is the ark. Did it cost to follow Jesus all these years? You better believe it did. Did it cost Noah? Noah must have been spent after preaching and hammering for 120 years, building an ocean liner. But when the door closed and he came out of that door of that ark, he owned everything. I mean, oh, it's those who... Who blessed are those who seek the Lord. Amen. They will be inheriting everything that God gave them. He went in a minority and came out a majority. Eight people made it. The Bible said later on in the 17th chapter of, of Luke, you, you read it with me. You go on further. Two will be in the field, one taken and the other one be left. Two men in the bed, one taken and the other left. It's going to be just like that, sudden panic. Your baby's going to be taken in the rapture, and you're not going to know. Mama, if you're not saved, you're not going to know what to do. You're not going to know what happened to your baby. Your husband's born again, but you're still acting out. Your husband's going to be gone. Your baby's going to be gone. You're not going to know what to do. How many know it's real? I want to end with some good news. Would you say John 3, 16 and 17 with me? I know you know it. For God so loved the world, say it with me, that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Do you know this? Let's start all over because I didn't even barely hear you. I'm asking you to say in unison, John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, 
but that the world through him might be saved. Would you give the Lord praise for the good news today? It's good news. It's good news. It's good news. But it's only good news if it reaches them in time. If it doesn't reach them, it's not good news at all. If the door closes or the rapture takes place, it's not good news anymore. It's for a limited time. I said it's a limited time offer. But wait, there's more. How about God's grace? 969 years. God's not willing that any should perish, but that everyone come to repentance. It's all about the mission of God. Please don't paint our God as a monster. I mean, no, our God's not a monster. Our God's a compassionate God. He loves the lost. He loves those trapped in gender identity issues and all kinds of other confusion. He loves them. Do you? A couple of you do. His love is so incomprehensible that it passes all knowledge. His love is indiscriminate. It's given to the least worthy sinners. I know because he gave his love to me. How many glad that God's love touched your life? He demonstrated his love for us that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. His love is exhausted that God so loved the whole entire world. The entire world. Infinite love. Everlasting love. It's expressive. Priceless. He gave. He so loved, he gave. He gave what? He gave his only begotten son. He promised a Savior to deal with our sin problem way back in Genesis 3.15. He told Satan, I will put enmity between you and the woman. This is the first pronouncement of the gospel. God was wanting to save us way back. Galatians 4, 4, 4 and 5. When the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive full rights as sons of the living God. What a blessing. We're compelled to go and share the good news. We have an obligation to the lost. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to say it again. We have an obligation to the lost. It's Mission Sunday. I didn't come here to preach a judgmental message. I came to tell you the way it is today is the way it was then. And the remedy today is the same remedy then. You can be saved. You can be saved. All you got to do is get into the provision that God offered, the ark of safety. Paul says, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. We have a very distinct message. It's not a fourfold path. It's not an eightfold path. It's not a five pillars of Islam. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, no man comes to the Father but by me. Would everyone please bow your heads?